this opportunity, God, to come before your people, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and to minister your word, Lord God, a word that you have placed on my heart, Lord God, and a word that you even work with me on, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I ask that I decrease, Lord God, that you may increase, Lord God, that you may receive the glory, Lord God, and that you may capture hearts, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And Lord God, I just pray for each and every person that is on, Lord God, and each and every household that is not, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We just thank you and we honor you. And this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And um, I'm glad you said that transition uh, piece, Kaya, because I, I was actually gonna talk about that as well. Dealing with my situation, um, so a uh, quick little testimony, I'm in the process of getting into the police academy because I want to do uh, police and architecture at the same time. So that's what I'm gonna do. But um, boss told me, you know, to talk to him, let him know what the plan would be. And, you know, just to keep him informed of what's going on. And that way, whenever I do get the, the go ahead that I'm in, that he'll have enough time to find somebody new. And so I talked to him, we've been talking, we were talking through the whole process and um, on the 11th and 12th, I had to go out to Houston for my interview, my physical fitness test and my polygraph. And I went, to, went, went down there, talked to my boss about it, he knew about it, you know, talked to him, we, we, we talked about it got down there, did everything I needed to do, passed it all, thank the Lord. And then come Tuesday night, as soon as I got back, he let me go. He fired me, told me that um, he was going to get, he wanted me to have time to uh, pursue, you know, the police academy. And in my mind, I was like, dang God, you know, like I, I showed character, you know, I didn't do it behind his back. Me and him talked about it. Um, I talked to him about it and everything, you know, and and when he whenever I was out in Houston and he he was texting me the whole time, you know, how's it going? You know, how's everything going? And I was like, it's going good. Um, the first day I had the physical fitness test and I failed the first part. I failed on um, the, the mile and a half run because I pulled my hamstring on the 300 meter run. And I was like, I was, I was like, dang, man, I'm a failure, you know? And so since I'm a fast track applicant because I'm out of state, they said, come back and do it tomorrow morning. So I went back to uh, the next morning on the 12th and I did it and I passed it because I was determined. I'm not, about to, I'm not about to fail this a second time. Even though my hamstring was still hurting, I was like, I'm gonna pass this. And I passed it by a second, <laughs> but you know, I, I show character by not doing something behind my, my boss's back. And even still, I was still let go of, you know, and now I'm in a transition of trying to move everything to Houston. And it's been a struggle, but it goes into this thing that we're going to talk about today, which is kingdom character, because whenever you exhibit character, you know, the enemy will try to do something that's going to make it seem bad, that's going to make it seem like it's for, for, for the worse. Like, you know, being honest isn't always good because you might 
suffer some consequences for being honest, but that's not true. Yeah, it might hurt at the time. It might be bad at the moment, but God always has a way. He always has a plan. So even after being let go of, um, he paid me that day, um, the day he let me go. And he said he'll, and he promised that he'd pay me two more times, you know? So God has always still made a way for me so I get paid again tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, Monday um, on the first, but that's gonna be the day that I completely move everything out to Houston. But anyways, that was my quick little testimony, you know, just to go into this kingdom character. So as the excellence of gold is its purity and the excellence of art is its beauty. So the excellence of man is his character. The excellence of man is his character. And a person's character is the sum of his or her disposition, thoughts, intentions, desires, and actions. A person's character is the sum of his or her disposition, thoughts, intentions, desires, and actions. Character is gauged by general tendencies. So these are things that you tend to do. It's not about, oh, you did this one time, so that's what your character is, no. It's what do you tend to do majority of the time? So if I tend to lie majority of the time, that's my character. If I tend to be honest majority of the time, then that is my character. You know, these are based on tendencies, not on the basis of a few isolated actions. Oh, yesterday I was really kind to somebody, but majority of the time I'm just ruthless and mean and I don't care about other people. And then, oh, two weeks ago, I was kind to this one young lady, but the other 13 days I was just mean. So your character isn't based off of one instance. Oh, this one time I gave $300 to this homeless man, but you've never done it again. That's not your character. We look at a person's whole life, you know, the majority of his life, like what did you do the majority of the time? Godly character is the result of the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification. Character in the believer is a consistent manifestation of Jesus in your life. I'll say it again. Character in the believer is a constant manifestation of Jesus in his life. It is the purity of heart that God gives becoming purity in action. So we always talk about how out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So if these kingdom characteristics are already in my storage bank, which is my heart, 
then these are the actions that I will exhibit. These are the things that I will do because it's in my heart, meaning it has a hold of me, meaning this is what I take pleasure, take joy in doing. And there's a lot of people that take pleasure and joy in doing the things that are against God's will. God, God sometimes uses trials to strengthen character. We also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. So God is going to bring trials into our lives, just like he, he did with Job, just like he did with everyone. Everyone had to go through a trial. It wasn't no oh, I, I believe in Christ, so now my character is good and I don't need no development. I don't need to remember what Sean taught. I don't need to go through no growing pains. <laughs> I don't need no growing pains, Sean. Don't talk to me about it. Don't tell me about it. I believe in Christ. I'm good, you know? And that's not the case. That's not true. And I just want to talk about two guys uh, in the Bible uh, the first guy is a cool guy, real close with uh, Christ, almost Christ's best friend, you know. Well, you could basically say he was Christ's best friend. And then the second guy is my favorite guy other than Christ. He's my favorite guy in the Bible. But the first guy we want to talk about is Peter. And we want to talk about Peter's character. You know, some things that Peter did, and we got to understand that some characters that we we see people doing that is in the world can also translate to being in the kingdom. Somebody could be consistent. I mean, consistent and going out drinking and partying every single weekend. They could be consistent in that. And when they come to know Christ, that same consistency to please yourself can be the same consistency God uses for the advancement of the kingdom and for his pleasure. So don't look at somebody's character and say that, oh, God can't use him because that same, those same character traits that they have can also be used for the kingdom. So let's talk about Peter. He was an outspoken, and ardent disciple, one of Jesus' closest friends, an apostle and a pillar of the church. Peter was enthusiastic, strong-willed, impulsive, and at times brash. So those, some of those don't sound like, impulsive doesn't sound good. Brash does not sound good, but we're going to get into it. But for all his strengths, Peter had several fails in his life. So enthusiastic is one of his strengths. Strong-willed is one of his strengths. Impulsive was considered one of his strengths. Brash was considered one of his strengths. So if we think God can't use those character traits, then we put God in the box. So let's look at it. In several instances, Peter showed himself to be impetus, which means quickly and without thought or care. 
So a lot of times what Peter would do was things without thinking about it or without care, and he would do it too quickly. So for example, when Peter walked on water, when Peter walked on water, that was impetus. You know, it was very brass. It was very rash. It was, he didn't even think about it. He said, Jesus, that's you call upon me and I'm getting out there. He did, he got out there. But then he looked away from Christ. You know, he, he looked away. His enthusiasm allowed him to get out of that boat because he trusted in Christ. He was enthusiastic about it, you know? And that enthusiasm, you know, allowed him to be the only other person besides Christ to ever walk on water. I mean, that's, that's wonderful, you know? So there's another instance, and that was found in Matthew 14, 28 and 29. And promptly took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sing, verse 30. It was Peter who took Jesus aside to rebuke him for speaking of his death. So he was strong-willed when Christ was even speaking about his own death, like, you know, my blood will be shed, I will die. And Peter took Jesus aside like, bro, what is you talking about? Don't, don't talk like that, you know? And guess what? Christ had to rebuke him. Christ had to rebuke him. Matthew 16, 22. See, he was swiftly corrected by the Lord, verse 23. It was Peter who suggested erecting three tabernacles to honor Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, as Matthew 17 and 4, and fell to the ground in fearful silence at God's glory, verse 5 and 6. So he's talking about, you know what? There's three guys that I just trust and believe in that there was pillars. And that is Moses, because of what Moses did to the children with the children of Israel. Elijah. Elijah, because man, that boy was bold, strong-willed. When, when he went against those prophets of Baal, he rebuilt the altar. And he was mocking them. Oh, man, that boy was a G, you know? So Elijah and, of course, my best friend, Christ, got to have it for Christ. He's the most important. It was Peter who drew his sword and attacked the servant of the high priest, John 18 and 10, and was immediately told to sheathe his weapon, verse 11. It was Peter who boasted that he would never forsake the Lord. There go that pride. He was prideful, but not only he was prideful in himself that I would never, man, I would never dishonor you, Christ. Man, I, wait, you talking about I'm going to deny you, man, you know you my boy. I ain't going to deny you that pride, <laughs> that pride. But guess what? Even if everyone else did, that's what he told him. Like, everybody else can deny you, but I ain't gonna deny you. 
Matthew 26, 33, and later denied him three times that he even knew the Lord, verse 70 to 74. And it crushed him. It crushed him. But guess what? Guess what Christ said? Now go strengthen your brethren. Go strengthen your brothers, you know, because Christ knew the character of Peter, but it didn't stop Christ from using Peter. It didn't stop Christ from making Peter a pillar. You know, one thing that we got to understand that Peter did, Peter unlocked three different worlds and opened the door of the church to the Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. That's something that, that Peter did. Peter unlocked the door to three different worlds, the Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. And this is why Christ used Peter because of some of, because of his character traits that he knew that Peter was strong-willed that he knew that Peter would grow and be developed. Yes, he had to grow, go through his growing pains. That's what we just talked about. You know, we just talked about his growing pains, the things that he had to go through, the times he had to be corrected, the, the big moment where he denied his Lord and Savior three times. Three times he, he denied his Lord and Savior. And he denied... Not only did he deny him, he didn't deny him like, uh, nah, we ain't, we, we not that close. He denied him saying, I don't even know him. You know, I don't even know him. See, he did, he did that, he did that without even thinking. It was so rash, so brass that he did it. He did it without even thinking. And after he did it the third time, he, thought about it he was like oh my gosh like he told me I would do this and I did it and he felt so bad and there's times where our character might slip there's times where we might feel you know like to be honest whenever I lost my job my faith wavered a little but guess what and and that was the same night what's crazy is when I lost my job, it was the same night where I, when I have family prayer. And I, I completely forgot about family prayer. I text my dad, I text my family. I was like, I just want to be left alone right now because I've never gone through it before. I've never, I've never been fired, you know? And it was family prayer night. Wasn't even thinking about family prayer night because I got back like around 8, 8.25. And we start prayer at nine. Talk with my boss, left him like around 8.35, 8.36. Went home, got in bed, and didn't want to talk to nobody. My dad called me, and I thought he just wanted to call to talk, but he was calling for prayer. And I completely forgot about it, you know, because I was going through it. But guess what? What, what Christ did with Peter was he strengthened him. You know, and after the after that night, talked to my dad, I was strengthened, you know, because we need that strength after those times where our character may falter, our faith may falter. We need that time of 
being strengthened. Because remember, our character is based on our tendencies, not one time, time, uh, one time things that we do. The one time that my character slipped that I, I didn't wanna be, you know, so spiritual at that time doesn't mean that that's not who I am because that one time I was going through it. But we also have to understand that we can't allow the situations and our circumstances to make our character falter because I had to ask God to forgive me. You know, I had to ask God to forgive what I just did because I allowed a situation and a circumstance to take my joy away. I allowed that to take my character to a place where it shouldn't go. So that's what we, that's what we learned about Peter. Now let's talk about Paul. Paul is my favorite guy in the Bible because reading the books that he's written, the epistles that he's written, you know, it, it speaks a lot to me and scholars and everybody agrees that other than Christ, Paul was the most influential person to, to um, spread the gospel. So Paul, What's crazy is, um, as I was studying, every time I study Paul, I learn new things. And we talk about Paul, how he was a, he was crucifying, and I mean, not crucifying, but he was uh, killing Christians and persecuting Christians. But what I learned was Paul himself was a believer. Even before he, uh, met Christ on the road to Damascus, he was a believer. He grew up in a church. So Paul's early life was marked by religious zeal, brutal violence, and relentless persecution of the early church. So we know that Paul was, you know, he, he was consistent. He, he was consistent in what he was, uh, he was doing. He was also a leader. His character was a leader. He was a leader. You know, he led a lot of men with him, <laughs> even though it was to attack the believers, the followers of the way, because that's what they were called back in the day, followers of the way, because Christ says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So followers of the way is followers of Christ. Saul went on becoming to become a lawyer. See, Saul was a lawyer, or Paul, Saul, we you get it. Saul was a lawyer. And the reason why he was persecuting Christians was because he felt that they were breaking the law. And if you break the law, this is what you should get. You know, you should be attacked. You should be stoned to death. He was at the, um, the stoning of Stephen. And he felt that that was good. Like, yeah, Stephen deserved to die. He deserved to be stoned to death. You know? But Saul was zealous for his faith, and this faith did not allow for compromise. It is this zeal that led Saul down the path of religious extremities. So because he was so zealous about the law of God that 
he forgot that there's this thing called forgiveness. You know, he was so zealous that he was like, you break the law of God, you deserve death. That's why the scripture talks about that we are under a new covenant, that we are no longer under the laws. Because if we are under the laws, if we break one law, then we've broken all the laws and we deserve death. That's why God sent his son Christ for people like Saul, because he was so zealous of the law, like you broke the law. Oh yeah, stone them, stone them, put them in prison. Yep, no, they don't deserve freedom, you know, because that's that's what it was. And look at this, when Paul met Christ on the road to Damascus, the journey was about 150 miles. That's like a three hour car ride. And they didn't have cars, they were walking in on horsebacks. So that's like a, a month's journey or something. Considering all the time they gotta stop, rest, sleep, you know? So this is a character trait of, of Saul that he was consistent, he was persistent, he was determined. And God says, I'm gonna use all of that. Your consistency, I'm gonna use it. Your determination, <laughs> I'm gonna use it. And not only that, when, he, when, when, when God talked to Ananias, he told Ananias that I'm going to use Paul. I'm going to use him. And yes, he is going to suffer in my name. He said that to Ananias, that Saul is going to suffer in my name. And what's amazing is that Saul had these traits and God was like, oh, he is such a great candidate. God told Ananias, I have chosen him. Not, not Peter, not, not none of these other apostles. They didn't choose him. I chose him. So look at this in Acts chapter eight, verse three, it says, but Saul shamefully treated and laid waste to the church con continuously with cruelty and violence and entering house after house, he dragged down men and women and committed them to prison. So look at this, his consistency. This man is going house to house. He was determined that every one of y'all that are following Christ, y'all about to go to prison. Y'all about to go to prison. Some of y'all gonna get stoned. Y'all not gonna like me, you know? So this same determination, the same zeal that, that, that Saul had to, to uphold the law or even to to just persecute people, God says, I'm gonna use it. And then the next chapter, Acts chapter nine, verse one and two, it says, meanwhile, Saul was still drawing his, his breath hard from threatening and, mur and murderous desire against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So he's he's out of breath, you know? He's, a, he been, he been, uh, persecuting all these believers 
And now he's in front of the, the high priest and he's trying to get a request. Verse two, and requested of him letters to the synagogue at Damascus, authorizing him so that if he found any man, woman, or child belonging to the way or life as determined by faith in Jesus Christ, he might bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. So he's like, we, we doing all this, I'm doing all this uh, persecuting in Jerusalem. He like, oh, they got some more of them doing it in Damascus? Oh, man, let me get over there to Damascus so I can do the same thing. And that's a 150 mile journey. So look at his determination, like to uphold whatever it is that he was upholding. Look at his zeal, like he was out of breath and he's still at the priest talking about, man, let me get some men together so that I can go out here and get some old people. And not only that, he not, not only is he gonna go to Damascus to get him to imprison him, he trying to do 300 miles because he got it. He trying to do a round trip, go there, get them, and then bring them back to Jerusalem. He not keeping them in Damascus. He's bringing them back to Jerusalem. So look at the look look at the care look at the determination that he had, and the zeal that he had. He came to the the high priest out of breath meaning he just finished persecuting some people just now. And now he out of breath talking about, give me a letter so I can go do it again, 150 miles away. God, like I'm a user. <laughs> That's a perfect candidate to use. Now look at uh, drop down of verse 19 and 20. And it says, so this is after on the road to Damascus, Christ comes, reveals himself to him and, you know, blinds him and talks to Ananias. He gets to Ananias. Ananias speaks to him and uh, Paul is no longer blind. So verse 19 and 20. And after he took some food, he was strengthened. Remember, when, when Peter fell, Christ strengthened him. Now, Paul has just been strengthened. For several days afterwards, he remained with the disciples at Damascus. So look at this. He was going to Damascus to persecute some people. Christ is like, nah, you're not going to do that. I'm about to take that same zeal that you had, that same determination that you had, and it's about to flip. Instead of you persecuting, you're about to start freeing some people. So he stays there several days with the disciples and immediately, immediately. See, immediately after he was persecuting some people, he's asking the high priest immediately after, let me go persecute some more people. But not only that, I'm willing to travel 150 miles to do it. Same thing, and immediately in the synagogue, this verse 20, and immediately in, in the synagogue, he proclaims Jesus saying he is the son of God. So 
these same traits, these, the same character that Paul had when he was persecuting, when he was so zealous of the law. And if you break the law, you deserve death and imprisonment. The same thing he was doing to other people is the same thing that he was willing to go through because he was beaten, he was stoned, he was falsely imprisoned. And even while he was in the prison, he was still an honest man because when, when, when the uh, earthquake happened and all the sails opened up and, you know, he was in there singing, you know, and the, the guard thought that all the prisoners escaped and he, he was about to uh, commit suicide and Paul was like, don't do it. We still here. Such an honorable man. So look at this. Acts chapter 20, verse 19 says, serving the Lord, he's ser serving the Lord with all humility and tears and in the midst of adversity, affliction and trials, which befell me due to the plots of the Jews against me. So he had to go through a lot of things. And not only that, it wasn't even by the, the, the non-believers, it was by the believers. The ones that, that he frightened, the ones that were scared of him at first, and now they're, they're, not, they're still scared of him, but they're not scared of him, of him attacking them or him imprisoning them. They're afraid of him because of his zeal to preach the gospel, his zeal to spread the good news you know, because he was putting to shame these Jews that didn't, that didn't even know about Christ. These people that were supposed to be the people of God, Paul knew more about their savior than they did. He was um, making sure that they understood that Jesus Christ was actually the son of God. So they plotted against him. They're like, nah, this, no. Bro, you was just not uh, persecuting us. Nah, you better stop it, you know? And a lot of people are that way because, you know, such a it's such a dramatic change. But, but Paul already had these characteristics. He already had this type of character. Remember, he grew up learning the word, learning uh, the, the scriptures of God. He grew up learning it. That's why he became a lawyer and everything that he did was because of his zeal for God. He ended up doing it in the wrong way, but Christ says that I still chose him. I can still use him because his character is still good. The character that he has is still really good. Uh, Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live as Christ, this is Paul. For me to live as Christ, his life in me, and to die as gain, the, the gain of the glory of eternity. So, so Paul was an humble man, you know. He was real humble. He, uh, one of the scriptures says that, you know, he, he considered himself to be the least of the apostles. He considered himself to be the least of the disciples. He didn't see himself as being big because of what he was doing. He was just following the things of God. And that was a part of his character. See, remember what we said that 
the character of a person isn't determined by one's one isolated incident. The reason why we can say that Paul had humility and you know he understood the hierarchy was because every time he went he every time he wanted to persecute believers he went to the high priest first remember he went to the high priest saying write me a letter that i can do these things he didn't usurp his authority he didn't go he didn't go around his authority he went to his authority first and then he went and did it. So just like that, he went to God first. And then he went and preached the gospel. Then he went and preached the word of God. So the characteristics that, that Paul had, he had them even whenever he was doing it the wrong way. It's just that God flipped it and turned it that he would advance the kingdom of God. And we're going to end on this, this scripture right here. This is really powerful to me because it's these two people that we just talked about. So in Galatians chapter two, verse 11 and four through 14, this is where Peter was with the Gentiles and uh, some people came, uh, came in. And so Peter was like, oh, can't be seen with the Gentiles. Let me go on, go, go by myself. And the apostle Paul saw it. He didn't like it at all. So verse 11, but when Cephas, Peter, uh, came to Antioch, I protested and opposed him to his face concerning his conduct there, for he was blamable and stood condemned. For up to the time that certain persons came from James, he ate his meals with Gentiles, converts, but when the men from Jerusalem arrived, he withdrew and held himself aloof from the Gentiles and ate separately for fear of those of the circum uh, circumcision party. And, and the rest of the Jews along with him also concealed their true convictions and acted insincerely with the, re with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy their examples of insincerity and pretense. But as soon as I saw that they were not straightforward and were not living up to the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, Peter, before everybody present, if you thou, though born a Jew, can live as you have been living like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how do you dare now to urge and practically force the Gentiles to comply with the rituals of Judaism and live like Jews. So all in all, Paul had to check Peter because Peter was chilling with the, the Gentiles and hanging out with them. And then when some guys from Jerusalem came that don't associate with the Gentiles, Peter like, oh, gotta get up, gotta separate myself. You know, and Paul didn't like that because Paul understood that this word isn't just for the Jew, but it's for all. It's for everyone. And so Paul didn't like that. And this is the same character that Paul had when he was doing things 
uh, that opposed God, when, when he was zealous about God's laws, you know, and when somebody broke the law, he like, they need to be imprisoned or stoned to death, is the same character that he just displayed when he saw that he understood that Peter's assignment, that Peter's assignment was that Peter was preached to the Jews, the um, Samaritans, and the Gentiles. He knew that about Peter because him and Peter had conversations and encounters with each other. So he knew Peter's assignment. And when he saw that Peter was moving away from his assignment because of a certain group of people just came in, he didn't like that because that's hypocrisy. And that's the thing that Christ preached about, that preached against was the hypocrisy of the, um, the Philistines. I mean, the, um, what you call them? <sighs> Draw on the blank. The guys that were hypocrites, I'll say it like that. But that's why Paul, you know, he rebuked them. Paul rebuked them. He was like, bro, you wrong for that. I know your, assi your assignment is to minister to the Gentiles. You, you were sitting with the Gentiles. You was hanging around the Gentiles this entire time. But the moment some people from Jerusalem come in, now you distance yourself from them as if you don't even know them it brought back the instance of when he denied Christ. When he denied Christ, it was like the same, the same thing of him denying these Gentiles when they were the assignment that Christ sent him. So understand that kingdom character isn't just, oh, um, you do this, you do that, and you've never done this. You know, we can we can use those same characteristics that we used to do, that we used to use while we were in the world, consistency, uh, determination, all of these things that we used to do to please our flesh and to do these things that were of the world. We can take those same characteristics, you know, and do the same thing for the kingdom of God, because those are our gifts, our talents, those are it's who we are. So if I consistently wake up early in the morning to go work out, my consistency can also be to consistently get in my word each and every day. If I can consistently wake up at four in the morning, because I wake up at four in the morning and I go to the gym. No, I wake up at 3.30 and I go to the gym for four and I work out for an hour and a half, two hours. If I can consistently do that, but I can't consistently get in my word, then there's a problem that needs to be fixed. So guess what? I might have to go through some growing pains. There might be a time where I can't go to the gym. You know, There might be a time where I might have to go through a situation where I have to rely on the Lord you know, that I have to start getting into my word, that I have to start learning about the things of God. I have to start learning about who God is, you know? So don't look at somebody and think that, oh, they consistently go to the club. They consistently uh, 
out on the weekends. They consistently getting drunk. Understand that God can still use them. God can still use that same consistency that they were doing, going to the club, that they were doing, going and getting drunk. Matter of fact, he can use that consistency to give you a word, to give you a consistent word that's going to consistently speak life into you. And in your mind, you might be like, hold on, but you are consistently going to the club. We can't look at people like that because God can easily turn that around. God can easily flip the switch. Like, all right, time's up. Time for me to turn the light on. You know, time for you to be the light of this world, you know? Because a lot of people can be, you know, can operate in darkness and, you know, your eyes adjust to the darkness. But then when that light comes on, it's kind of blinding and you got to adjust to it. But once you make that adjustment, God will use you. God will use you in such a way, you know, quick testimony, uh, growing up in high school um, and growing up, I used to cuss all the time. All my sentences were full of cuss words. I used to always cuss. And then come to t- come 2012, when I came to know God, when I you know met my spiritual father and everything, and I came to know God, I haven't said a cuss word since, but now all of my all my interactions with other people is no longer, oh, we're having cuss words, it's always God bless you. May the Lord continue to bless you. You know, so my consistency in cursing became my consistency in giving life. So God will use you in so many ways and understand character. Kingdom character is not just um, you're being faithful. It's not just because your faithfulness could have been some geared towards something in the world. Faithfulness isn't just, you know, oh, I was faithful with God and that's it. I could have been faithful in sin. And now my faithfulness has been transitioned to my faithfulness in God. Amen. So that's just what I have for y'all. I pray that y'all receive that. I pray that whoever it is that heard this word, that if that is you, man, I just pray that God continues to increase your knowledge because we have to continue to grow, 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 grow in our walk with Christ because we can't always judge somebody based on their consistency or their determination or what they are doing in the world because that same thing can be transitioned to the things of God. Amen. So God bless y'all and I'm going to turn it back over to you, Kai. 